Father, we thank you and praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. What an incredible God you are that would allow us to have this time together. Now, Father, we pray that in the mighty name of Jesus, you would give us the spirit of wisdom, of discernment, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we might see. Father, we're going to thank you ahead of time for the victories you are about to share with us because of the power and the purity that is in your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone who agree with the prayer, say it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, one of the great things about what we do here, we do it because we love you. We do it because we are here to serve you. And so what we want to do, as Pastor Joe mentioned recently, make sure we tell you the truth, the biblical truth. Make sure that you understand that what we're telling you is in the B-I-B-L-E. It's important for us to understand that. So as we go into this particular series of this particular study, I just want to establish something. I call it the finished work of Christ. Everybody say that with me, the finished work of Christ. When Christ died on the cross, he completed the task that Jesus, that God had sent him to do. So when he died, he paid for our sins. So that's finished. He atoned or however, whatever terminology you want to use, he made us one with God. We were reconciled. Then when he arose, he broke the back of death. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. So sin caused us to have the wages of death. And the gift of God caused us to have eternal life. So his finished work changed that course of the wages of sin equals death and gave us, as he is our gift, eternal life. Well, again, God and sin cannot be at the same place at the same time because he is still an incredible just God. But he fixed that. He fixed it so you and I, once we accept him, can be restored, be renewed, be reconciled. Why does he free us? So we could serve the living God. So the finished work is you've been redeemed. You've been reconciled. You've been justified. You've been made right with God. What are you going to do with that? See, because now you are set free. And there's nothing you can do to make yourself freer or cleaner or more redeemed. You are completely redeemed and completely reconciled. What are you going to do? You're going to learn to live like a free person reflecting the Savior that saved you. This is what this series is all about. This series is entitled All of Christ in all of me. One more time. All of Christ in all of me. So if you're ready, let's jump right into it. Let's uh, let's get it moving. Let's have some great fun. I think you're going to love it. I pray God that, that he gives us wisdom and insight into this thing. So we'll understand how this finished work should uh, should be applied by us in our lives that changes how we think and feel. So our opening verse or our base verse for this particular series is Genesis chapter one. And we're going to begin to read at verse number 26 
And we're going to do it in the Amplified. So again, I'm excited. I'm going to be like Sister Darlene. I might dance up here a little bit. But, uh, but you're used to that. You know, somebody affectionately referred to me as a Bapticostal. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't care how you refer to me as long as you keep referring to me. As long as, as you keep listening, I can't help but be who I am, who God called me to be. And that's how I do this thing. And so hopefully you enjoy it and hopefully it's beneficial to you. So here we go. Uh, Genesis chapter one, verse 26. It says, then God said, let us, us being father, son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. Now get this, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So he says, we're going to make man in our spiritual personality and our moral likeness, meaning that our morality should resemble God's morality, that our spirituality should resemble his spirituality because that's how he made us. That's what he put into us. Let's keep reading. And then let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. I don't want us to miss this. In the image and likeness of God. Now, before it told us it wasn't physical It was spiritual and moral. So in the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female. He created them and God blessed them, granting them certain authority and said to them, be fruitful, Mm. multiply and fill the earth and subjugate it, putting it under your power. And rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. So here we have us being created in the image of God. So in us, in every one of us, are these characteristics that he put into Adam, that these things have been multiplied and duplicated through time to come upon each and every one of us. So in reality... As we get restored or reconciled, our duty, our job is to reflect the God who created us so people will know who God is. Is anybody hearing me today? Listen, let's go through this little paragraph and just read along with me. It should be up on the screen for you. It says, this is the purpose that God has created us, that we would be a physical, visible expression of him in the earth. God is meant to live in us and then through us. So God in heaven decides to extend his kingdom into the earth. He creates man to rule over that kingdom, the fish, the sea, all of those things. 
but he also created man that man would resemble him. So people who come along, people in the earth, as we interact with each other, will always know who the creator is because we will resemble him in our morality. We will resemble him in our spirituality. Is this making sense to everybody? See, so somewhere along the line, Satan jumps into this mix, right? Because he does not want that representation on the earth. So his jealousy, his envy, caused him to trick Adam and Eve. And they get kicked out of the kingdom. They get kicked out of Eden. But we'll come back to that particular subject. But are you understanding where we're going with this? All of Christ in all of me. So as we move through this thing, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And this is the Passion Translation. This will give us a little more insight of exactly what we're talking about. It says, throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament, the Old Testament is, 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 is complete in how the Isaiahs, the Jeremiahs, the Urzas, the, you know, the great prophets, the major prophets, the minor prophets, all of them interacting and responding to the pull and push of God have represented God in the best ways that they could in giving the message of God to society, giving the message of God to the people that they were responsible to give it to. Are are y'all following me? So listen, it says, Through all our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth Upon another, I always found this so valuable. You know, so many people want to be Elijah or so many people want to be one of the other prophets when they didn't have anywhere close to what you have. They were in heaven right now applauding the fact that we have something more. What we have lost sight of is the more of what we have. So we've been operating on a lesser level of power and authority and spirituality and morality because we have forgotten or been tricked into thinking that we didn't have more. Everybody got that? So we have more. So let's just continue to read. It says, but to us, that's us, you and I, living in these last days, the whole idea about folks, and I heard a a guy talking about this the other day, trying to determine when the last days began and when the last days or all of that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter to me when they began because <laughs> they're going to be the last days until Jesus comes back. So I don't, I don't need to have a pinpoint time. You know what I mean? The last days will stop when Jesus comes back, but that's just me. Listen, but to us living in these last days, God now, everybody say now, see last days, but now. God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things in all times. So Jesus now becomes what? He becomes the last He becomes the voice that now speaks to us. The completion, the fullness of time. 
There will not be anybody after Jesus. Why? There's not another prophet. There's not another person. Why? Because Jesus completes the final work of Christ, the finality of what he has done. He completes everything God wanted to do. So God now speaks to us through Jesus. So if you want to know about what God has done and why God has done it, then we need to study Jesus. As a matter of fact, more than just study Jesus, that's who we're supposed to share with people. We're not supposed to share a religion. See, because this relationship is actually anti-religion. We're supposed to to share a relationship. We're supposed to direct people to Christ. Why? Because he, he is the one who speaks to us now about what God desires, what God wants. But let me read on. Is this helping you today? Watch this. It says the sun, meaning Jesus, is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature. His mirror image. It it blows my mind because if somebody says, I don't know God. All they got to do is know Jesus because he is the true image. He is the dazzling expression of the father. Y'all still here today. So the more we understand who Jesus is, the more we understand who God is. Let's read on. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. The exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. Why? Because he was there when the earth was created. So the words that Jesus speaks still have power to hold this earth together. To keep it moving the way it's supposed to because God's creation of this earth is a magnificent thing. He accomplished for us. Mm, mm, mm. He, Jesus, accomplished, past tense, for us, everyone who has accepted him, the complete cleansing of sins. Did it say complete? Did it say complete? Then it means that all of our sins are paid for. All of them. Past, present, future. Why? Because Jesus only dies once. He's not coming back to die for sins again. So he must have created something that allowed sins to be paid for once and for all. Again, back to Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That gift, his blood, paid the price that we would have eternal life. That death would no longer be a factor for us in the sense of death meaning separation from God. Does everybody get that? Death meaning separation from God. It will never happen again because Jesus' blood completely paid for that. So we would have, so we would be reconciled to God. Does that make sense to you today? I know it's a little heavy, but it's important that we get this. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. Jesus sat down. Why? Because his work was complete. It was finished. The finished work of Christ. He completed it. So how about your understanding today? Are you trying 
to make up for your sins? Are you trying to do something that makes you look better in the eyesight of God? Are you trying to create a relationship to God that you don't think you have? I need you to understand this. You already have been reconciled. Meaning that the books, there was a column that you owed and then there was a column that was paid. The pay column and the owed column have been equaled out by the blood of Jesus. So everything that you owed has been paid. So what do I owe God now? Love. What does he want me to do? Work for him, represent him as a free person. That's what I'm supposed to do. In John chapter 6, verse 29, it says, they asked Jesus, so what is the work that we're supposed to do? He said, the work that you are supposed to do is believe in the one whom God has sent. That's our work. Because if you believe in Jesus, nobody will keep your tongue quiet. If you believe in Jesus, nobody will keep you from fulfilling what God has wanted us to do. If you believe in Jesus, no one will keep you from loving and taking care of your brother for fulfilling those two commandments of loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And the second one is likened to it to love your neighbor or love your brother as yourself. No one will keep you from doing that. But it's understanding that you've been cleansed to have the freedom to do that. Does that make sense today? We're going to go to another verse that will give us a little more application or practical application concept. So we're going to go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Y'all having fun yet? We're almost done. Promise. Here we go. John chapter 14. Now, they're having this discussion and Jesus has just advised the disciples that he's about to go to heaven. And he told them there are many mansions there. And and, and then he told them, uh, you know, you'll know the way. You'll know where I'm going. You'll know the way how to get there. But they were somewhat confused. So Thomas speaks up for the disciples. And Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going. So how could we know the way there? Jesus explained, I am the way. Jesus is a GPS. (laughs) Jesus can, can, he's, he's the way. What does that mean? If I am connected to him, if I am in Jesus, if all of him is in all of me, then wherever he goes, I follow because wherever that leads me, he is there. He directs me. He keeps me safe. It allows me to serve him. Doesn't mean it's always easy. But he is the way. So the way is not finding some other way. The way is not through some other kinds of sacrifices because that's over. Before the way was sacrificing a cow, sacrificing a lamb, doing those kinds of things. That was the way before, but no longer. Why? Because in these days, in this time, right now, he speaks to us through his son. And his son says to us, I am the way. Now. This speaks to both new Christians, sometimes old Christians, and those who don't know him yet. Because sometimes we get confused because we think the church at the corner of walk and don't walk is the way. So we go join the church. Or we think some religious view is the way, so we go join a religion. We think some other kind of theological concept 
is the way. So we join that theological concept. Now we find ourselves splintered because we are following things that really aren't the way, but we're trying to call them the way. No, Jesus is the way. So your question to me is, Pastor Ben, how do I know? Well, we're going to talk about this in this series because he is the exact representation of God. So here's what's required of us. You quit trying to be the way, quit trying to find the way and submit yourself or surrender to him who is the way. And as you have this relationship with him, he will guide you in the direction you need to go. Does that make sense? Let's keep reading. It says, Jesus explained, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. If you're in search of truth, if you're in search of life, if you're in search of the way, who is that? Jesus. No one comes next to the father except through union with me. Now I'm going to get a little deep for you. Ready? This is more than just a verbal thing. See, we confess with our mouths what we believe in our hearts. Let me say it one more time. We confess with our mouths what we really believe in our hearts. Because if you believe something, then that union will Christ will change how you see, how you live, and how you operate. It will change you. Does that make sense to you today? So it, through this union with him, you'll be able to see the world differently. You will now see the world through God's eyes. You will see the world differently. Oh, I sure hope this is helping you. Because right now, our visions have been contaminated with a whole bunch of different philosophies and concepts and ideas. So when we look in the world, we see trouble, we see division, we see hate, we see all of these things present inside. And some of that stuff is real, but the solution to those things is the way, the truth, and the life. So what the way, the truth, and the life is looking for is somebody that will be in union with him so they would be an exact representation of him in the world that people can look and say, you know what, that's the way. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the life. Not this other thing. This is not the way. Are y'all understanding me today? Well, let's read on. It's, I don't know about y'all. I'm having fun already says, no one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Woo! I, I just got to jump on that. Seen him and experienced him. How many of you have ever stuck your finger in the fire? You experienced the fact that it's hot. That it burns. You experience the fact that you don't want to do that again, right? I don't think I have any volunteers who will just jump up and say, yes, I want to stick my hand in the fire again. No, when you experience something, it develops something inside of you that creates a knowledge that changes your mindset that you will now operate daily on a different aspect. You will walk by fire with respect. Because you've experienced it. What happens when we actually experience God? 
When we actually know that he's real. When we actually understand that he is our savior and that he will not leave us nor forsake us. When we actually experience that, it changes how we live. It changes how we operate. Is this making sense to you today? So listen, it says, Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the father and that will be all that we need. Now, Jesus just gave him an incredible explanation. But just like us, sometimes we can be a little thick headed and we really don't get it. So Philip asked that question. Here's Jesus's reply. Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know. Who I am? This question breaks my heart. Why? Because there are people who have been coming the church instead of being the church. There are people who have been near the fire but never experienced the heat. There have been people who say Jesus' name. We sing songs. You know, we, we sing songs about God reigns. He reigns forever. We sing those songs, but we've never experienced it because whenever some scary situation arises, we think that there's something reigning higher than him. And we develop fear and we develop doubt and we want to give up and quit. But I'm here to tell you today, if you have experienced him, he reigns. He is sitting on the right hand of God right now. He reigns. Nothing can reach him. Nothing can change who he is. He really does reign. But you got to be able to experience that. You got to be able to to know that. Because once you know Jesus, you know the father. Let me read. Jesus replied, Philip, I have been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. How could you ask me to show you the father for anyone who has looked at me has seen the father? Don't you believe that the father is living in me and that I am living in the father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my father for he lives in me. And performs his miracles of power through me. This is Jesus. He said the father does what? He lives in me and performs his, the power of his miracles through me. This is the example of the lifestyle that we're supposed to have as the body of Christ. All of Christ in all of me. He lives in me so he can express himself through me, which means me has to surrender. Me has to get out of the way. Me has to realize that he is the way, the truth, and the life. I want nothing more than when you interact with me. Oh, yeah, I want you to know Ben. But more importantly, I want you to know Christ. I want you to know the Christ that lives in me. (laughs) that now lives through me because he is the way not been he is the truth not been he is the life not been so how do i get myself in position how do i do this when christ died i died 
When I was baptized, when they put me under the water, I died. When they pulled me back up out of the water, I was resurrected, a brand new creation. That Christ that I say I love, that I believe in, moved into me through the Holy Spirit. Now that spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in me and wants to express itself through me. That means I give it place. I give it power. I give it authority in my life that people need it more than they need me. But that means I got to give up some things. I got to change some things. I got to change the way I see the world. Is this making sense to anybody today? Almost done, folks. Almost. It says, believe that I live as one with my father. Jesus lives as one with the father and that my father lives as one with me. Or at least, or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. Listen, if you can't get the whole depth of this thing, at least believe in the fact that he did miracles. Oh, man, I'm, I'm having fun. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Wow. Do you know and understand now why? These miracles have not been so present in these, quote, last days is because in these last days, we have decided to choose another way. We have decided to choose another life, another truth. And we have substituted philosophical concepts and ideas and ideologies for Christ. See, because there's a power in Christ. There is a real power that is in Christ, that is in me, that wants to live through me. So I'm not afraid today of miracles. I'm not afraid today of being able to heal people or or do those kinds of things. Because it's not me. It's the same Christ that walked the earth then. I know this is troubling for some of y'all because we haven't believed. We've been having a relationship with an idea about Christ instead of having a relationship with Christ. We've been selling people an idea of Jesus instead of letting people have Jesus. Because what's in Jesus? It's power. It's authority. It is the representation of God. And now that he lives in us, we should be the representation of him. Is this making sense today? So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid anymore. You have nothing to fear. Let me finish this. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. Can you tell that we've been believing on a lower level? Can you tell that we've been shortchanging ourselves? Therefore, shortchanging society. For I will do, uh, get this, wow, (laughs) for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. Not just saying the name, but believing in the name, trusting in the name, knowing that that name 
has power. That that name is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. What an incredible statement. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Anything that you want to do that would coincide with what he does. (laughs) Listen to me. We need to believe as Jesus did. When Jesus talked and said the things that he did, the religious leaders of that day and time called him a blasphemer. They said he was nuts. He was crazy. He was a madman. They fought against him and pushed back against him when he said to people, your sins are forgiven. They would say, nobody has the power to forgive sins but God. Jesus said who he is. He said, the Father is in me. He was the exact representation of the Father. So what he personified, what he produced in the earth, is what God wanted to produce in the earth. And he did it through Jesus. So now Jesus has died for us. We are now his body. So what does he want to do with us? The world needs Jesus. They don't need your opinion. (laughs) They don't need your fear. You know, there's nothing more mind-blowing than to have somebody who calls themselves an evangelist standing at your door and looking like they've been baptized in lemon juice and wants you to come and accept whatever it is they have. And I'm thinking, brother, sorry as you look, whatever you got, I don't want. Because I can't be Jesus. So hear me today. If you're full of fear, if you're full of doubt, if you're full of pessimism, if you're full of these things, these are not the fruits of the spirit. I said, these are not the fruits of the spirit. What should be produced in us are the fruits of the spirit. Why? Because the spirit is in us representing the Godhead that we talked about in Genesis chapter 1. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us, so God can now live through us, so Jesus can do mighty miracles through us. Are y'all here today? So Pastor Ben is crazy enough to say to you, stop thinking of yourself because you are no longer important. Think about Jesus and what he wants to do. And as you do, he enriches your life beyond your imagination. This is going to be a fun study for us. All of Christ and all of me. Take some time and think about what it is that you have to give away. I'm going to leave you with this little small piece of wisdom. You will have to forget More than you will ever learn. Say it one more time. You're going to have to forget more than you will ever learn. Because the world has poured its insanity in us. And it has found root in many places that we call the church. And many people are sharing stuff 
that they have no business sharing. It's time for the body of Christ to be the body of Christ. All of Christ in all of me. I pray God this has been beneficial for you today. I'm looking forward to sharing this series with you. Um, Go tell somebody. We're doing some great stuff. In Jesus' name, we pray and thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.